When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back. So I recently ordered a whole mess of generic one ounce silver rounds from uh, SD Bullion and actually ordered the secondary market rounds. For those of you that haven't done that before, the way that it works is these are rounds that they buy on the secondary market from people like you and I or elsewhere on the market. And so they carry a lower premium than the newly minted generic rounds. And the the person buying them sort of ends up with whatever SD bullion or or whatever other dealer sends them. Of course, they ensure that each one is is actually silver, that it's not a fake. But otherwise, we we're talking about generic silver here, and it shouldn't matter a whole lot if you end up with Apmex or Sunshine Mint or whatever type of, of generic silver round. However, there was one that really caught my eye and I almost didn't notice it at first. And of course, it's the the silver round that you see in the thumbnail of this video. For my podcast listeners, you'll have to uh, head over to my YouTube channel to see what I'm talking about. But as you can see, minted in 1981, the, the mint mark on there is CC, which I believe stands for Con Continental Coins, a company that no longer is in business to my knowledge. And it was minted from the U.S. strategic stockpile of silver. A little bit of history, if you will, especially given the time period, 1981, uh, kind of in that time period of, of the Hunt Brothers cornering of the silver market. Now, does it carry much of a premium over the average silver round? Probably not. Millions of these were minted as a whole by, by this company. I'm sure many other companies, other mints. Uh, additionally, uh, over a decade's worth of American silver eagles were minted from what was left of the U.S.'s strategic stockpile of silver. And, and back in the day, that stockpile was pretty substantial. You know, by 1981, it had dwindled considerably. But prior to the U.S. phasing out silver out of our, uh, our coinage in, in 1964, of course, prior to that, the half dollars, the, the in some cases, dollars, the quarters, dimes, those were all 90% silver, uh, or for the most part, they were 90% silver. Uh, prior to that, the, the U.S. government had actually billions of ounces of silver. Yeah, billions of ounces, a massive stockpile of silver. And they weren't the only ones. Many other countries hoarded silver. Many countries had silver coinage. Most countries did worldwide. And yet the U.S. got rid of it in 64. And, and today, you know, to my knowledge, there's no circulating coinage that is 90% silver uh, besides what's sort of possibly left in circulation from, from 1964 and prior here in the United States. And so it brings up an important question, a very interesting question that I've sort of talked about before. How come the U.S. doesn't have a strategic stockpile of silver anymore? We do have a pretty decent stockpile of gold, allegedly. Of course, many people, including myself, doubt whether or not it's actually there, the, the massive hoard of gold at, at Fort Knox. Uh, that's a topic for another video. We also do have a massive stockpile of crude oil for obvious reasons. I mean, the U.S. economy, the world economy today still runs on fossil fuels. And historically, crude oil has proven to be a very volatile asset. 
an asset in which the, the supply could very easily be disrupted. A great example of this would be uh, last weekend's, not this past weekend, but the weekend prior, the attack on Saudi Arabia's oil production uh, by someone, right? It's hard to say exactly who, but it but it wiped out a significant amount of their their ability to produce and ultimately export their crude oil. Now, fortunately, today, I mean, the U.S. for the time being is a is a net exporter of crude oil. I imagine that will change in the future as shale oil eventually uh, collapses. But again, it's obvious for for why the U.S. carries such a large stockpile of both gold and of crude oil. So how come we don't for silver? I mean, there's a lot of reasons that we would. I mean, first of all, it's it's vital to so many different industries, whether we're talking about the military and their production of everything from, from fighter jets to cruise missiles to, um, you know, night vision goggles, you know, pick your, pick your, tool used by the military, and there likely is silver within it if it's, it all has an electrical component. The same is true for, for commercial, industrial, and, and uh, consumer-type products, right? Across the board, silver is perhaps second only to crude oil in terms of its uses and its importance to today's economy and today's uh, you know, industrial landscape. And yet, we don't carry a strategic stockpile of silver, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. And and the reason I bring this up is is twofold. First of all, because of that, that means that yes, the silver market is more sensitive to shocks to supply as well as demand, and that can come in two shapes. But but you know, in terms of strategic stockpile, what what comes to mind would generally be something like a war. Right. If the U.S. were to go to a, into a major conflict, I'm talking something much larger than the Iraq War or the war in Afghanistan, uh, silver would be on, on, in high demand by the U.S. military, by the U.S. economy. And additionally, it's, it's not unreasonable to expect supply to be uh, uh, damaged as well. I mean, right now, the majority of the world's silver is produced in countries like Mexico, uh, Peru. I think Bolivia accounts for a fair bit of it. Uh, you have some other South American, Central American countries. Um, and then you have some overseas. But as a whole, production here in the United States, or even just in North and South America, is going to be insufficient to, to meet worldwide demand. And it's reasonable to expect that either delivery or even production of that silver would be uh, impaired. By, by a major global conflict, right? So now you have a huge influx in demand or a huge, huge jump in demand and p- potentially a drop in supply, leaving silver very sensitive to, to that type of a, a supply and demand shock, right? Which would lead to a big move up in the price of silver. The other reason that I bring this up though is because of the large amounts of silver that are held in other types of above ground um, accounts, we'll say, that are not U.S. in nature. I'm talking about ETFs. I'm talking about uh, uh, vaults uh, where, where people choose to have their silver or their gold uh, vaulted by, by a given company. Uh, those, as well as exchanges, things like the COMEX, right? Those three sources of, of silver supply, I think would very easily be a target for the U.S. government or any government around the world if silver was in high demand and it was deemed 
uh, necessary for national security to seize that. You know, I've talked about in the past, you know, the potential for silver or gold confiscation. Uh, I see the, the potential being fairly low. You know, the odds of some sort of a law against silver and gold, whether that's through extreme taxation or through the outline of the sale or purchase of, of silver and gold by the average investor, you know, that's that's a potential, but but it's unlikely that people are or or you know, uh, uh, police agencies or whatever, the FBI is going to come knocking on our doors uh, looking for, for silver bullion. It's it's unlikely in my opinion, right? Uh, I, there's a possibility that along the way, if they find it, let's say they happen to be searching your house or something like that, and they find it, then yeah, they'll seize it. But But otherwise, I see it as pretty unlikely. However, if the U.S. government, or again, any other government around the world, wanted to seize a large amount of silver, I'm talking about potentially hundreds of millions of ounces, they could look no further than these very public, very easy-to-find hordes of silver, whether it be uh, various ETFs or vaults or exchanges. Now, I mean, some of this is is not going to be housed in the U.S., right? I believe that the the uh, SLV, for example, if I remember correctly, is at least partly housed over in London. And, and don't quote me on that. Uh, some of it might be housed in the New York. I, I, I don't remember, honestly. But a fair bit of it is going to be housed in the United States. Same thing goes for a lot of these vaults, right? Wouldn't be that difficult for Canada to do the same. Uh, and in many other countries around the world that want to seize that that physical silver or that physical gold for, for whatever reason, industrial or monetary reasons, could very easily seize that. And that's just another reason why I'm not a fan of those types of products. You know, not too long ago, I talked about what's the the ideal ratio of holdings for for the average silver investor in terms of uh, generic silver versus coins, bars, semi numismatics, and all that. And I sort of laid it out. But then at the end, I said, you know, there's nothing wrong with adding something like maybe five percent of your overall precious metals portfolio in paper silver. SLV, GLD, maybe you trade options, uh, some sort of leveraged play on silver and gold to to maybe make some more dollar profits off of that. Uh, but putting 100% of your portfolio into that is a recipe for disaster because A, we're not always the best traders. Uh, B, if you don't hold it, you don't own it, right? What is the value of SLV or any of those ETFs or ETPs if the silver ultimately isn't there anymore backing it. Same thing goes for the silver that is housed in a vault somewhere. I mean, every vault company is going to claim that they have a high amount of security or whatever, but but I, there's no vault in the United States, to my knowledge, that will make the claim that they're somehow immune to some sort of an executive order or law passed by Congress allowing for the seizure of that silver and gold by the U.S. government. Right? They just don't have that authority. It's, it's unfortunate, but that's, you know... Such an act has occurred in the past, right? And, and and it wouldn't be unreasonable to expect even the U.S. population to to support such uh, legislation or such executive order on the basis of national security. Uh, we're all in this together, et cetera, et cetera, right? Plus, I mean, it helps that the vast majority of U.S. citizens don't own any physical silver or gold. Uh, so it's another reason, but it also just, again, brings up that topic of why don't we have a strategic stockpile? Again, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but it does put the U.S. Uh, or, or the global silver supply and demand market in a vulnerable position in, in 
in the scenario in which there's a significant supply and demand uh, shock to the system. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this this work. Uh, if you do want to support me, you know I mentioned earlier that SD Bullion, that's where I bought those rounds from. I do have a link down below in the description. Uh, clicking through it allows you to, to buy a one ounce silver round at spot price in addition to whatever else you're buying from there. Uh, they do have free shipping over $100 uh, in terms of your total purchase. You know, one ounce at spot isn't a huge deal. I mean, you're saving maybe 50 cents, a dollar, uh, but it does help me out a ton because I am an affiliate sponsor for SC Bullion. And that's a great way to help out this channel if you enjoy my work, if you enjoy my content, if you're going to be buying that silver anyways. Beyond that, you can support me over on Patreon. Uh, I also have a link down below to uh, MK Bars and their their one ounce uh, bar that, that they uh, mint and, and stamp with the silver fortune uh, on it. Very, very interesting piece. But as always, I'm just happy to have you guys here in the first place. Don't feel that you need to go above and beyond in any way to, to help me monetarily or otherwise. Just watching this video, listening to this podcast uh, is, is more than enough. I'm happy to have you guys here in the first place. So thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.